Welcome to Speak Up with Rita Burke and Elton Brown. Welcome. I am so delighted today to have my friend Asali, whom I've known for a mighty long time. She's going to be talking with us today. And who is Asali? Asali is a leader in the early childhood education community. She's a mother, she's a grandmother, and she proudly says, and great-grandmother. I asked her to tell me a little bit about what she likes, and she likes reading. She's passionate about women's issues, and she is deeply concerned about self-care and self-care issues. I asked Sally to share one of her favorite quotes with us, and she said something that made me pause for a bit. She said, onward, ever, backward, never. Profound, I would say, Asali. Profound, and I thank you for that. I will remember that. Asali, here's my first question to you. Since you are so passionate about self-care and about women's issues, help me understand what do you do to show kindness to a Sally? Rita, very interesting. I always go back to when you're traveling and the hostess will tell you, you need to take care of yourself first because if you're not able to take care of yourself, then how can you take care of others? So that has been something I've always lived by. And I, I do try to do that. That involves meditation. I like to do tapping. I like to take care of my, and we take our feet for granted, it takes us, it's been carrying us for years and we just take that for granted. So one of the rituals I have, I would foot soak like three times per week. And that's something that I enjoy doing. Foot soak three times per week. Yes. I do soak my feet, but I must say that I've never been so precise with it. Thank you so much. So you obviously take care of yourself. Yes, I do. I try to do it. I try to eat well. That's, and that's something, it's a lifelong, you just can't say I'm going to do it for three months or six months. I think it's a lifelong thing that you have to do because what you take in radiates out. I would say the same thing about your passion for women's issues. I'm wondering what was the last issue that you had to deal with for women in general? I organized retreats women and we would go away for the weekend and we would have people coming in doing different pampering sessions with us mind body spirit which is very important and if you could just clarify what you meant by the question if i can elaborate more on that trying to find out what the benefits are of whatever women's support group or effort that you were putting your efforts in sounds like you handled retreats do you see the women when they arrive and do you see a change in the women at the end of the retreat? Let me butt in a little bit. I don't mean to be rude to Sally and Elton, but I was one of the people who participated in Sally's retreats and I benefited tremendously. She would organize these sessions where people gathered and talk about taking care of themselves. She was a leader in our community from the inception when it came to putting your mask on first. 
before helping others. So Sally, speak to that a little bit more now, please. That was something that I always wanted to do, right? Where we're organizing stuff for women. And that was done very creatively too. We had one we called Celebrate Yourself Breakfast, where that was done. Getting back to Elton's question is, I think during the pandemic, I organized, because of the separation, you couldn't get together. I organized an online group for the early child educators where we met once a month. And with that platform, we had about 50 people from all over came in once a month. And we just talk about resilience and taking care of yourself during that pandemic and sharing strategies how we could survive and still be strong. Because in the end, they still had to go back and work with children. And that makes a difference because when you're working with kids, you have to be whole because whatever you do rubs off on them. So that could be a recent, something that was done with a group of women, if that answers your question. Yes, that does answer my question. Rita, were you getting ready to say something? I can say something, most certainly. That was a powerful gesture on your part, Sally, to have organized that, thinking of the people who work in ECE. Let me ask you a question. If your life were a book, Sally, what would you call it? I would say resilience or resilient me because there's so much that happened and I think I've been able to bounce back. The work is not done. It's still in progress, but I think it would be the resilient me. I like that because what I know about you, there's no question you are a woman who's very capable of bouncing back. So expand on that a little bit more for me. You said you would call it Resilient Me. What would you call the first chapter? Faith, I think. Because with all that we do, we have to have faith in whatever. And to bounce back, we need to have that faith. We need to believe in who we are and what we can do. And being resilient, you need strength. You need, you need to be positive. You need that balance. Not everything is going to be all positive. There's ups and downs, and positive does not go without negatives. And we need that. But the thing is that you have to have balance. So I I would say fate as my first chapter. Okay, so in your book, there is a section that talks about resilient me. Mm -hmm. And can you give us a taste of what that entails? This goes back to as a teenager not knowing anybody here, coming as a 19-year-old girl, coming in here alone in this country in the 70s, that was tough for me. And I had to do it. I remember my father, he was concerned because he said, you're going to Canada, you can't even cook, you can't even boil some water, (laughs) what's going to happen to you? And I came up here and I had to do it alone. I had to go to school, it doesn't matter what you were. Because when I left home, I was a, a teacher and you come here and you're nothing. So you had to start all over again. And I remember going down to a frost building, but that's to work with the government and standing there in line to get a job. And then it just took you good. My first job here was a microfilm operator. I knew nothing about microfilm, but that's what I did. And I had to do it, right? And from there, back to school and the whole cycle goes on. And it was a never-ending thing, having kids, struggling, three, four jobs. So it's always a resilient 
for me, it was always having to that struggle, trying to keep your head above water, as they say. Going back to women's issues, I know that there were certain skills that had to be developed. Were any of those skills transferable to other parts of your life? And if so, can you give us an example? You have to have order. That's a law. You have to have order. You have to be organized. I'm very creative. I like to do things with my hands. So you have to be organized to, to do that sort of thing for me. So I was. I think I'm quite in accord, quite organized. I like things to be in order and very dedicated and committed to what I do. If I, if I put my hand on something, I make sure it's done. You are an avid reader. So what type of books do you like to read? And can you tell us the last book that you read and how did it make you feel? Oh my God. The lot, I'm reading, as a matter of fact, I'm reading a book on women who went through a lot of struggles right now. And there is just very, just Black women who have had struggles, who have been molested, who had you know, different issues. Same thing that happens every day. I listen, I look at this Tamara Hall program and she has a lot of guests that comes on and always have a lot of books that, that you can always tap into. So I've been downloading them from the library. The one I'm reading now is on uh, Erica Kitt, who had this white daughter and all the, the, the struggles she went through, the, the daughter went through and is now coming out, talking about that in a book she has now. So that's the latest one I'm reading now. That's the two I'm reading right now. Wow. Oh, oh, you're a twofer. You read me <laughs> two books at a time. Yeah, you can download them from the library. So I just download two at a time and then you can put some on hold and whatever. So that's the two I'm dealing with right now. Okay. So you do a lot of reading and you believe in self-care, which I think is very important and everyone should be able to relate to that. But in terms of w- women's issues and reading, I'm wondering how would any of this be relatable to a man? I think it's all relatable. I wish most men would take more care of themselves. Yes. Because they don't see it as uh, that's something that they need to do. I don't know if it's, it's, it's an ego thing or what, but men should be doing the same things that women do, like taking care of your face, moisturizing your face. You tell a man like about that, or even to go get your manicure and pedicure done, the thing that they sissy or whatever. That's unheard of. But I think it, it is transferable because it all deals with total body care and health. And I think all the, the skills are transferable, especially when it comes to care. I tell my boys, look after yourself. You owe yourself. Every year, my birthday gift to myself is to go see a naturopathic doctor. I don't care how much it costs, right? That's what I do. I encourage them. I said, medical is free. You need to go get your prostate check, do all those things, right? So I think it is transferable, but there's a, there's a little, I don't know how to put it, like men, are, men, like when they do that, they think they're on, too much on the girly side. I'm so impressed with how you managed that question because you're quite correct. Healthcare is healthcare, well-being, and they cross over the gender. Yes. And it sounds to me as if you spend a lot of time educating your boys, the men in your life, about taking care of themselves. And so I particularly like something you said a little earlier about when you were coming from Guyana, that your dad spoke to you. And it sounds to me as if your dad played a critical role in your life. Talk a little bit about that, please. 
Oh, my dad, what a role model for us. He was the breadwinner, of course, because in those cultures, the woman stayed home and my dad was a breadwinner. But he was not only the breadwinner, he washed our clothes. He went to the market. He did everything for us. He was a real father. Like we were sick, he would take care of us. We'd go to the backyard, pick the lemon, the lemongrass leaf, boil it, whatever. When we have a pain, he would cup her tummy, put that glass on your tummy. He was like a nurse, mother, everything. He was everything to us. Everything. He did everything for us. Very, very humble. He never, I never remember him hitting us or striking us. My mom was the one, she had a mouth, she had a hand, everything went for her. But my dad, <laughs> he was the most quiet and humble person I've known. Sounds to me as, uh, as if he certainly didn't fit into the image of what we know as men do this, women do this. Sounded to me as if he has some. He had some of the characteristics that we often will define or put under the category of feminine characteristics. Most definitely, he covered all of that. And and I remember he loved music, and he smoked. He, he did smoke. He chain smoked. That I remember quite well. He chain smoked. And every Friday night, he loved music. So he would go out and buy. There's a special place he would go and he buy records. And he would sit down and he would play those records. And it was three of us. Three, it was only three girls. And he would take us one by one and teach us to dance Aww. every Friday night. So we look forward to that. Right? He would just, he would just sit there like a proud father and would just take us and he'd say, hold your corner. And he had to straight around dancing. So those are memories that, that stood out for me. So you like to dance, eh? I love to dance, even now. I do. I just love to dance. Even like on Sundays, there's this 98.7, the soca time. That's how I do my workout. I'm in the kitchen here and I'm just working out. When the grandkids are here, it's like a party on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I say if, if the spirit moves you. Oh, it moves me. Just me. I can do it by myself. I can do it by myself. I don't need help. <laughs> So what do you want to do for women in the near future? I'm assuming you have a goal. Using this platform, you're able to get it out to the public. What it is that you want to do? How can you help women in various areas? Elton and Arita, my end goal is to have a book. There's so many untold stories that we have and that needs to be heard. And that's one of my goals, to just where we can have women telling these stories. And that's one of the things I'm really working on right now, to have those stories told. It's time, it's time we come out and just, we've been taught to just hold your thoughts or be quiet or not to speak up. Or if you speak up, you're embarrassed, you're ashamed, not who they think you are. And I think it's time these stories be heard. And that's something that I want to do. Sounds to me, as Sally, is if you're living your best life right now and you are a visionary and you've done and you continue to do things that you enjoy doing and impact people's lives. And isn't that what womanhood is about? 
So I'm so delighted that you've been able to join us today. But listen, I've got a trick question for you. And I want you to pause before you respond. So here it goes, Asali. What is an unusual habit or some kind of absurd thing that you love to do? I'll tell you, some people, you know what? They buy a sandwich and they have to open it and rearrange all of the stuff in the sandwich before they eat it. Some people like to eat special meals with their finger. Some people will put essential oils in their bedroom before they go to bed. Tell us about something that you consider to be unusual that maybe you wouldn't share with anybody else. Tell us about that unusual thing about a Sally. And we promise you that we wouldn't tell anybody. <laughs> Hey, the unusual thing for me, right? It's buying a Harvey's poutine. I don't know if that's what you're looking for, but I love, I don't do it all the time, but that's unusual. I will love a poutine and I'm very, my grandkids hate to go with me because I'm very specific. It has to be, the fries have to be made right there and then. Yes. And they have to separate, like they can't pour everything on it. They have to put everything separate. <laughs> And if you don't do that, what will happen? I don't take it. My grandkids get very upset. They say they're embarrassed every time I go that the fries has to be hot and then I have to give the instruction. I need everything separate. I won't, I won't eat it. We're promising that we're not going to share that with anybody. That's <laughs> our little secret. <laughs> you can share it. <laughs> no, it's going to be shared. Don't listen to Rita. It's going to be shared. We're doing this podcast. <laughs> So let me then wrap up by saying, Sally, I am so thankful to you for joining us and for sharing just a smidgen about who Sally is and about Sally's life and about Sally's determination and her resilience and her ability to thrive. Is there anything that you would like to say to us before we turn off the mic, please? I've had some great successes. And I can truly say I'm at peace right now. I want to do things. And I think I'm, I'm able now to do it with grace and poise. The work is not done. And I don't think it will ever be over. And I just want to be part of this so that I can just share and whatever it is I have left in me to do what I have to get done. And I thank you for having me. And I hope I did answer your questions and stay blessed. You're more than welcome. And the next time we meet, we'll talk about your podcast that is coming up. Thank you, Sally. You're welcome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you. If you would like more information about our guest, Asali, please send your questions to speakup at speakuppodcast.ca. Rita and husband Sam Burke has written a children's book titled, I Like Being Me. The book will continue to build your child or someone you know's confidence. If you have questions about the book or would like to request a copy, please send your request to info at speakuppodcast.ca. Thank you 